In, uh, in Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice, the potential suitors of the beautiful and wealthy Portia I have to select from one of three different caskets. You know, the, there's a gold one, a silver one, and one that's a bit dull, it's made of lead. And only if they choose the right box to open will they win Portia's hand in marriage. And the Prince of Morocco is the first person that comes along. And his heart is not fully aligned to Portia. He is more looking at the potential wealth that there might be. And he chooses the gold box. And when he opens it, he discovers that there's a scroll which declares all that glisters is not gold. Often have you heard that told, many a man in his life hath sold, but my outside to behold. The prince was taken in completely by the appearance of that box, and he chose badly. And we are all at times taken in by how things appear rather than the reality of the situation. We sometimes choose what we want to happen rather than what God wants to happen. We choose to go our way rather than God's way. Last week in the service, we heard Jesus explaining the true value of the widow's offering at the temple. The tiny copper coins, really small, but in fact she was given her everything into, into the temple offering. In today's passage, we have the scene that follows on from that. The disciples, or at least one of them, is admiring the huge stones, saying how great these are, how wonderful this place is. Look at the magnificence of the temple's architecture. Still not realizing that when we view things with worldly eyes, we see an untrue vision. All that glisters is not gold. To the disciples and most others in Jerusalem, the temple held a representation of the presence of God on earth with them. In fact, for many, it held more than a representation. It was God's presence on earth for them. And yet, much of the recent craft work that Jesus and his disciples were able to see that day was done by Herod, who rather than honoring God, which is how it could have been explained, uh, sought out to do something of a vanity project that would be his lasting legacy. 
people would look at the temple and say, wow, what an amazing job Herod required to be done here. They weren't going to be thinking about God. And people of wealth and power might still do the same thing today. An entrepreneur, easy for you to say, an entrepreneur's space rocket, you know, declared to be breaking new science. Well, is it? What about a, a new royal yacht that we might fly a flag overseas? Could these things fall into the category, perhaps, of created for ego rather than their declared purpose? Jesus says, don't get taken in. The stones of the temple will fall. Earthly power is not lasting. It's not permanent. It can be rubbed out. And even in the city of Jerusalem, seemingly safe in occupation by the Romans, that city would be sacked. The temple would fall. Not many years later. But he also says that in that time, as they hear of war and rumors of war, as they hear of earthquake and of famine, the disciples are not to be alarmed. These things will happen. Now, stories of war, of earthquake, of famine, disasters, be they by man's own doing, or disasters that have occurred naturally, and maybe naturally as a result of man's own doing in some circumstances, you know, can be terrifying. How can we be unstirred by the disasters of the earth? Jesus is saying that they'll happen. But these events are not the end, he is saying. There have always been such events. The story of Joseph and of his brothers in Genesis is centered around famine and also God's provision within that famine. The anointed David became popular in the time of King Saul because when nations were rising against nations, David was mighty in leading God's people. The books of the prophet Amos and Zechariah each record the powerful earthquake that occurred in the time of Isaiah when he was king of Judah. And also mention how the people could flee. Because of the wonders of communication, the things that we shove in our pocket or carry around or maybe sit on our desk or on a table in the corner of our rooms at home, because of that communication, we maybe hear and see 
scenes that are alarming. But we're told not to be alarmed by them. But not being alarmed doesn't mean we shouldn't be moved. Rather, the scriptures throughout say that we are called to respond, but in a way that reflects the heavenly love of the Father, his compassion for all people, the love that was revealed in Christ's incarnation, in his suffering and his death upon the cross. That love must come out in how we from our heart respond to the refugees from Afghanistan, how we act in regard to the climate crisis and the famine and flooding that it may create. And as we this day remember those who are service personnel, people who have given their all, it's right that we are not alarmed, but yet we are moved. Moved to also hold to account those in power that their use of the armed forces may only be for the purposes of righteousness and justice, for stopping evil and protecting the innocent rather than causing harm. Making sure that God's way is seen. God's way is not gaining power and control over others who are weak, but seeking to come to their aid. One day, one day, and we don't know when, the birth pains will be over. A new life will come as Christ returns, heralding the fullness of the kingdom, when there is no more suffering, no more pain, no more conflict, no more hunger, where peace reigns. Until then, we are not to be alarmed, not to be fearful, but to trust in God. And in that trust, we must be awake. Returning to Shakespeare. The winner of Portia's hand is not a prince, but is a poor soldier. He's the one who takes the dullest looking of the three boxes. He takes the box that's made of lead and which is inscribed. Who chooseth me must give and hazard all he hath. The one that chooses me must give and take risk. This is the way of love. Not what we get, but what we give. It is what we remember in the wearing of our cross. Not what they expect to get, but what they give. And it is what we see of Christ, the giving 
of God's love for all.